Welcome to the Soul Journeys podcast. My name is Jennifer Longmore, and I am founder of the number one Akashic Record training school in the world. As a seasoned light worker and ascension worker, I want to bring you the show to provide you with the divine guidance and tools that you need as a light worker and change agent to navigate this great awakening. So if that is something that you're craving, then you have come to the right place. Think of this High Vibe podcast as your guide to the changes that we're seeing in the world so that you can be supported in navigating the new paradigm. Leave it to me to provide you with the divine tools, resources, and experts that will support you in navigating this once-in-a-lifetime epic event. Thank you for pressing play. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Soul Journeys podcast, everyone. If you have not met Limari, you are in for a treat. I just go right in there. I can't even wait to introduce you to everyone, Limari. <laughs> so Limari is a Patrick Record wizard. I don't know that you would use that word, but I'm just throwing that word out. And not only is she into the Akashic Records, really, she's, she's a very... Uh, awakened being let's put it that way I don't like to create that enlightenment 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 Olympics kind of vibe but you've been you know you've you've been through many many dimensions let's put it that way and uh but aside from that you're an internationally acclaimed intuitive coach creative catalyst and vibrational energy master you've worked with thousands of people to really call in their highest calling and create a bigger vision for themselves Kind of more than that because you're such a laser focused seer right so i'm imagining you're just seeing like the whole timeline for people whatever their highest timeline is and helping them align with that yeah so she's a multi-dimensional psychic uh, does conscious channeling and uses creative healing gifts to really help uh, personal and planetary change i like the planetary piece because i think sometimes we leave that out and we forget the ripple effect of the healing work that we do right we think it's right. just all about us and then <laughs> it's really not uh and so she's an award-winning and best-selling author of numerous uh breakthrough spiritual books and including the akashic records collective keepers of the divine expression and what i love about that book lumari and maybe we can talk a little bit about that book today is that you actually interviewed the akashic records yes to find out what their purpose was and their contribution and so on. So I'd love to hear more about that. We're going to talk about your other book as well, which is amazing. So you've been at this for over 25 years and that's a big deal. So I don't know what else to say, because I feel like we're just kind of, you know, scratching the surface right now. But first I'll start with welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. It's a blast to be here. I'm really excited for the energy we create and the whole collective community of listeners. Like we're just changing the energy right now. And we haven't even started talking yet. Totally. I know. Maybe we don't need to talk. Maybe we'll just communicate telepathically and we'll just trust that everyone else listening because <laughs> everyone listening to the show is already awake as well. They'll be just communicating telepathically and we'll have like a silent meditation slash, you know, <laughs> spiritual download. Who knows? So let's talk. Well, first of all, let's talk a little bit about your background because I'm even thinking like doing this for 25 years because I've been doing this full time for 17 but I really started when I was, you know, 17 or 18, starting to do sessions a little bit with people and stuff. But even when I look back to where things were at in the 
in our business, so to speak, right? The transformational space, right? The way that you know we used to do teleseminars, and you know, there's certain OGs of the transformational space, and now you and I are kind of the OGs of the transformational space, and just the the evolution of how we've even just designed our offerings and, um, you know, kind of the circles that we go to and where spaces are, you know, all the things, right? Like when you look back to where you started 25 years ago, what do you feel are the biggest shifts that you've seen just in our, um, you know, transformational community? Well, what's really exciting about the shift is that, um, because so many people are now in a more metaphysical open spiritual world, as opposed to spirituality coming from, uh, I'll call them themes instead of the R word, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like different themes, different energies. It's actually really easy to talk about these things. Whereas if you look back 50 years, there weren't that many transformational books that weren't related to a particular path, right? If you read about the Akashic Records, it was based in India because of how they communicated and where the word Akashic comes from. Now we're in a place where you can connect with angels. It has nothing to do with the name of the angel and their heritage. It's like you can just connect with them and have a conversation and be inspired. So the openness and, and the openness to wisdom and vibration and everything else is huge, which That is the most amazing and beautiful thing is that, and those of us who love to play there, we can have conversations with people who may not see that realm exactly the same way. And it allows us to expand and it allows us to be curious, which curiosity is for me, the the good news. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. How did you, you know, you could have done a gazillion things with your life what led you to even follow this path or maybe the path found you? I don't know. You're going to, well, I know I was born with these gifts and I didn't really recognize that people didn't have conversations with, you know, 15 different beings at the same time in their head. You know, I, I thought everybody thought like that. I didn't know until I was in college when I started talking about, well, you know, when you have a conversation here, 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 or when you look at your art piece and you turn it around and you go, well, guys, what do you think? And people are looking at me, uh, and like, okay, if they look at you like you're strange when you're in art school, you really have to look at what's going on because the creatives are the ones that we always think are out there anyway, and they thought I was. So then I started realizing, and people would ask me questions and And I really started in college where uh, my best friend gave me a tarot deck and I opened it up and I said, okay. And I started using it. I had never seen one before. And it was like, okay, there's this stuff there. And so as I kept on being just open to what was going on, more and more people started coming to me and asking me questions. And I'm like, well, okay. This is really cool. And then it just kept on going from there. And that was when I could realize that what, and I still think of them as my creative powers because I look at things from the flowing, fluidness, fluidness (laughs) of creation, right? But it was like, oh, 
oh, I get to tune in here. I can see this. I can see this. I can see this. I can see this. And then um, someone that I knew in when I lived in Boston, somebody that I knew was a CEO of a company. She started asking me questions and I started giving her advice on her corporation. And she excelled even better than she had. And she said, you know, you got to do this for a living. You know that. Like you, you're going to make way more money doing this than you will at selling your sculptures. So <laughs> it's kind of the quick journey. Wow. So those 15-ish beings that were with you when they when you were a kid, have they always been with you? Like they're still with you now? This well, summer? it's like I have different ones that come and go. It's, it's um, well, you know, I have a sense of humor about this. So sometimes <laughs> I have beings that kind of waiting to share things with me. And I go, uh-uh, no, you know, I'm busy right now. So just stand there. And then when it's appropriate, we'll have a conversation. And... And so, and my husband said, when he met me, he goes, oh, I met her, but there was a whole crowd of people in the room, but really he's talking about <laughs> the divine ones that were around me. So there are always, That's there's funny. always beings there. And, and when you were talking about the Akashic Records book that I wrote, that was how I understood like, well, and I know it now I look at it and I know it's a novel approach, Right. But it was like, well, if I want to know about the Akashic Records, I have to ask them. Why would I ask somebody else? I didn't think it was um, out there of a thing to do until afterwards when people looked at me. What do you mean you interviewed them? Like, well, that's how you get the answers, right? <laughs> it's like, no, there's a whole bunch of different ways. But see, because I'm used to having divine ones to talk to, then it didn't seem like it was uh, unusual at all. Mm -hmm. And interesting too, that you just kind of knew these were beings and they were benevolent beings because another person having that same experience might've thought that they were hearing voices in their head and that they needed to go see a doctor, for example. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean that with love because I, I really, I really wonder how many people out there are thinking that they're schizophrenic or that there's something wrong with them when in fact, they just haven't found someone that's able to, mm -hmm. able to teach them how to use the gifts. Right. Yeah. And, and I do have my priorities. Like I said, I tell them to wait that, you know, it's like, just like anything else, you can't just walk into my house. You do have to knock on the door and say, hello, I'm here. And I have to say whether I want you there or not. Right. Mm. And so it is that which and it's another thing for me. But I know a lot of us like we we don't feel diminished by spirit. We feel equal to it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's really important. I love that you're sharing that because I do the same thing. And the guides recently have been coming to me right before I'm going to bed. And I'm like, guys, you know better. This is not how we work, right? And and then in fairness, that's kind of the only time they're able to get me because I'm so on mission right now and I'm so immersed in calls and podcasts and stuff, right? That that's kind of the yeah. time of the day they get me. But I have that same rule. And that was because I realized years ago that uh, they don't. I don't work for them. They work for me, essentially, right? They're, yeah. And they're happy to. Because we just have to say, hey, give me the messages or, hey, I need you to go and bring this energy to me or whatever it is we need. But we're so we've got this programming on the planet that says there's a hierarchy and we can't go direct and we have to go through 
the, this gatekeeper to get to that gatekeeper to, exactly. you know, and uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, and I think that that's, I, I, one of the things that we both love is that we actually can see things that way because um, I don't feel that a being in the higher realms, if we call it dimensionally, we can call it higher realms, not higher status, but higher realms is going to reach out to us if they don't feel that we're a good connection. It, they just, why would they want to connect with you if they don't feel you're a good connection for them, which means their energy, their message, a way of communicating and what that relationship is going to be. So if they have a message they would like you to share, they have to ask. And then you, and, and for me also, when I was interviewing the Akashic records, I asked them, I said, you know, everybody's talking about you. It doesn't feel I don't think they're saying you're as smart as you really are. I don't think they get it. Can I interview and ask you questions? And they were like, thank goodness, somebody wants to ask us. Like, yeah. And so, you know, mm. and, and my information from them was different than other people's information. And, but I wasn't asking all the questions that everyone's asked. I just wanted to know how it is not what you have to do and everything else. But it was like, you know, tell me about yourself. You're, you know, obviously it's more than one person, but, and mm -hmm. that appreciation and recognition of we are all divine beings. We happen to be partially in 3D, not totally, just partially in 3D that we chose to be here anyway. So why can't we play like that in honor mm -hmm. and celebration? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what was the most surprising thing you learned from them when you did interview them, the Akashic Records? Aside from their sense of humor, which was very they nice. They do. Thing. Nobody believes me. I'm like, they have a sense of humor. They do. They do. When I was channeling and they said, no, you can contact us at P.O. Box. And then they all started laughing. I'm like, oh, my God, you're watching TV, aren't you? You've seen our television, haven't you? But um the expansiveness of how they work and how they're following, not like most people look at the Akashic like it's facts, like this is what's going to happen. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to experience. And they're looking at millions of dimensions of information by frequency. So it's not like they have to read a book. It's unknowing vibrationally. And so when they started talking about, oh, well, you can get in, but there's a certain place where, no, you can't access that information simply because you can't vibrate there. And it's not a good or bad. It's just that you can't vibrate there. And many of us can't vibrate at certain levels. And the thing that was interesting for them is they said, but what if we let you do that, you would be harmed. If you can't vibrate at that level of the information, you could hurt yourself. And then that would be on us because we let you, we said, sure, whatever, you know? And so that was big for me. It was like the responsibility. They really take their responsibility seriously. And not just because like some things we look at, like, haha, I have the information you can't. It's no, it's a responsibility of the wisdom of the universe 
and also to allow us to move into it in ways that are good for us and not harmful, mm -hmm. which I thought that was amazing. Yeah, I, I love that you shared that. I feel like I, the guides shared something similar to me where, you know, like if people come to a session with me and they're still hung over, the vibration and the, the caliber of information they're going to receive in that frequency is very different if they arrive sober. It's not to say people can't drink. It's just to right. say that when we're shifting our frequency before a session, right, then that changes that. But um, yeah, like I've been told that too, because there's many dimensions I won't be able to get to either, right? Simply right. because it will blow open my physical circuitry. Like it will literally harm my body because my, my body, my actual dense 3D meat suit isn't vibrating at that dimension that allows access to that information. Yeah. And maybe there are ways to circumvent that. I haven't even really tried to, but it is, well, it is fascinating to well, see. Well, and that. see, isn't it responsible? Like you look at it and it's not just that they're keeping things secret. That's not, it is like they are noticing our vibration, how we are, what we're resonating to, how we will respond with the volume of information and wisdom and guidance and frequencies that they work with. And it's like, okay, no, this isn't for you. Not because we're judging because it would hurt you. And they can see it would, and they have, they can really see. <laughs> they know how a planet vibrates into form. We can imagine these things scientifically, but they know it. They have seen it happen. They have been present to universes being born. So I think it is really um, ethical, filled with integrity and caring and nurturing and you know, that's very powerful. It's the, their mm -hmm. being is like an example. Mm -hmm. You know, like if we hold the wisdom yeah. that we have that way, right? There are th certain things that you don't share with other people. And it's not just because you're holding it away from them. It's because it's not for them. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Totally. Okay, so I'm getting this strong nudge to add, to start this conversation with you. Okay. And it's a pretty, it's going to be a pretty controversial conversation. But because you and I both like to giggle, I feel like we're going to add levity to this. So okay. and I know you're down for anything. So I'm sure. just going to throw it at you. So everyone listening, Lumari does not know this is coming at her. And this isn't meant <laughs> to put you on the spot. So <clears throat> Recently, I've been seeing a lot of posts from people that were light workers that have now abandoned light work to go and find Jesus and go and find the Bible. There's a lot of um, talk about how everything that's going on in the world right now is biblical. I have my own opinions around that. I'd love to hear yours. But more importantly, what's happening is that they're um, denouncing light work, saying that light work is actually from Lucifer. Of course. And and uh and that anyone that's doing light work whether it's akashic records whether you're working with tarot cards like you know a whole spectrum of things that it's all essentially an inversion and it's actually the devil's work still just trying to hijack our consciousness so so what, where shall we go with that okay so <laughs> yes first 
It is one part of me that I can honestly say everyone is entitled to their opinion. So they can have that opinion about how the world is. But how does that serve? It doesn't. All right. We have noticed on our world since what we would call organized consciousness, because not just religion, some of it is a philosophy, some of it is, you know, an opinion, whatever it is, when it organizes together and it looks out and says, you're bad, I'm good. You're bad, I'm good. You're bad, I'm good. That is a narrow paradigm. That is restrictive. Because guess what? You guys who are over there, you're going to think this dude is the head. You guys over here, you're going to think this dude is the head. And anybody else who isn't that dude, because almost all of them are dudes, right, is, mm -hmm. is going to be judging everybody else as wrong and evil and they should die or be converted, depending. Mm -hmm. The universe doesn't work like that. Okay? It doesn't. There isn't like you cannot have roses because they're purple and we do not allow purple rose. No, look at what is created in our world. So these people may have had experiences spiritually where they were led to align with certain spiritual wisdom that has been on the planet for a while. If people actually go back to the beginnings of those spiritual alignments, they are not harmful. There is divine beauty in each one of them until more and more people have opinions and narrow, 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 narrow. And then they pick up arms and then they go beat the, up the people who don't believe what they believe. That's not what the divine is. Otherwise, there would just be a couple of us cute people on the planet and everybody else would be gone. Why? Because the divine would say, no, listen, sorry, I didn't make you guys. Somebody else did. Uh -uh, you have to leave now. That's not what happens. It's like, what? It's like poodles are better than cocker spaniels. What? Come on. We're all here for that. So they've shifted for whatever thing has happened, has narrowed their spiritual energy. And they, I'm sure, won't like me saying it, but they probably don't like what I say anyway, so. <laughs> yeah i'm curious to know why like everyone's got their path i really just come at this from an energy of curiosity and wonder mm -hmm. you know if if someone found their way to light work the way you and i might describe light work sure. and then all of a sudden that led them to the bible and there's really nothing wrong with that either because that's their path and that's their choice yeah. and and so on and so on to then denounce it though and start making light workers wrong, right? And accusing them of doing the devil's work or the catchy phrase right now is spreading false light. Right? Yeah. How yeah. do we, like for people listening right now, if you could give them some guidance, what would you say to them around some, some ways they might want to, you know, let's say someone comes at them and says, you're doing the devil's work or you're channeling false light or, you really should find the Bible or, you know, any variation of that. How, well, how might someone respond to that? Well, in the conversation, first of all, I uh, would not want to engage in an argument or a discussion with somebody who's already made up an opinion about me because there isn't any openness there for conversation. 
Mm-hmm. So that's that. They're not saying, well, what do you think about this? How do you feel? Can you help me understand? That's not worth it. It's, it's like uh, there's already a judgment and a narrow focus on me. So my mm-hmm. conversation would be, you, you know, what's beautiful about the divine is you have every right to believe what you believe. And as long as you're cool with that, then you keep that to yourself and I'll keep what I do to myself in my world. And that's that. Mm-hmm. Getting into the conversation is there that a person who has that opinion of me being a negative force, then no matter what I say, it will be turned around to be negative. So why play there? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like why play? Boom. <laughs> well, and that's that's kind of your MO though, right? It's it's how can we make this playful? I love that you even said that, like why play there? Because as soon as we say that to ourselves, I know for me in my human design, I literally am not here to prove myself. Some people build that into their design where they actually have something to prove. Right. Right. But I I can say this from this place. I'm just prefacing it with, you know, by saying that. I have nothing to prove. So when people come at me with that stuff, I'm just like, okay, you're right. Right. Like, cause in their mind, they're right. Okay. You're right. What do you want? You know, like, did did you come here to convert me? Like there's a reason why Jehovah's witnesses get the bad rap because nobody likes someone coming to their physical or etheric doorstep trying to convert them to something. Right. Well, yeah. And uh, a spirit is so open. So the thing for me, I mean, because almost everybody on the planet was raised with some religion, almost everybody. The, um, for me, is the divine is bigger than the words we call her. And I use her specifically. Right? Mm-hmm. All of the names, this is how I feel about it. And other people don't have to feel this way. Is bigger than the name you call. So whoever is the leader, the divine is bigger than that. And if you call that divine, this name, you just narrowed the whole thing. Because the divine is bigger than that. You do not know what she's doing in other realities. You do not know what she's doing at the center of the universe, creating 15 other universes that maybe don't have people or consciousness on them. And she just likes to garden. You know, I mean... The narrow focus, the narrow and narrow. I mean, it's really good. If you have to write a letter, a narrow focus is very important because you have to write the letters. When you're talking about your spirit and the divine, you don't know all the answers. And thank goodness you never will. Mm-hmm. Never. Yeah. Isn't that the beauty? Yes. And there's a lot of people living life that won't take, you know, they won't take any action until they see the whole plan in front of them. They want to have all the answers before they decide to start the business or start dating or leave the relationship or have a child or adopt a dog, like, you know, anything. And, and I love that you said that because in any, in the mundane and then the really profound stuff, there's still not going to be an entirety of answers in, in a pretty little bow. It's in flux. I mean, for me, I'm connected with creation, 
So creation is a process. It is always organizing, reorganizing, coming up with new things, opening other things up, reorienting, following frequencies and energies of delight and wonder. Because you don't create when you're annoyed. And the divine is not creating <laughs> universe. It's like, oh gosh, please. All right, let's just do another planet. What you know, whatever. Like, really, is the divine doing that? No. You know, it's like when we talk about the Akashic records, they're not annoyed collecting all of this wisdom. It is fascinating. It is exciting. They feel honored to be there. Because we're not the only beings that connect with the Akashic records. I mean, we're looking at it because we're on this planet, even though we're multidimensional. But there's other beings who aren't earthbound and never were and also participate in that framework. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to false light just for a moment, because sure. I also like to give practical guidance. And this is something we've all been hearing. And many of us have become aware of these other forces on the planet and some other agendas. And I could go on and on about that. But for right now, we can acknowledge that there is false light being spread on the planet or however we want to word that, right? Just false information that's misleading people that have achieved a certain level of consciousness, that they are aware that they're a soul and a spirit and a body, you know, all the, mm -hmm. the kind of basic fundamentals to sure. suggest that we're moving towards 5D. And yet there's a lot of unpacking that we're doing. So what are some tips that we can give people about how to identify how false light feels or how to even go into the records, for example, to determine whether something's false light or, you know, benevolent, benevolent, whatever we want to call it. Right. Yeah. What are some actual tips we can give people right now to be able to start getting used to how that feels in their body? Well, when we connect with the light, the higher dimensions, the frequencies, and we can call them different things. And, and when we talk about my new book, Streams of Consciousness, I'll, I'll go into some of the frequencies that are here. But when we're tuning into that, what do you experience when you tune into the light? You feel joy. You feel connection. You feel wonder. You feel love. You feel openness. You feel possibilities. All of those things are there and many, many more things. When, you're when someone who is trying to, the word manipulate is there for me, but I'm just going to say refocus instead so it's a neutral that i'm saying when someone's trying to refocus your energy towards something else first of all you're going to feel confusion now sometimes confusion is good but only if confusion opens you up to delight if it doesn't then you're going to feel confused you're going to feel icky you're going to feel limited you're going to feel a darkness you're going to feel a sadness and then you're going to start to feel doubt after all of those come, you're going to start to feel doubt. And that is the purpose of that conversation and um, misinformation, if we will, because they want you to feel doubt. When you feel doubt, then they can start to tell you the things that they think work to guide your intellect and then your energy towards a different conclusion about yourself and the world. And so in all of that, you want to know, 
besides the fact that when you feel, I'm just going to say this for everyone, when you feel icky about something, stop. Just stop. And then whatever you do to create a stop, like if you tell yourself a joke, you know, it's like, why did the chicken cross the street? I mean, something really silly, not something profound. You have to, because what you want to do is break apart the energy with a little bit of effort, but not a lot. Sing a happy song in your head to push that energy away so that you have space to look at it and go, oh, wait a minute, that's crap. Oh, wow. Oh, they're doing this, 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 because those kind of energies can catch you at a different place, right? But you go into neutral first and go, oh, this feels icky. Yeah, I don't think so. And then, then the other thing, if you want to lighten it up for yourself, like, oh, Oh, right. A telemarketer. This is the same insurance scam that I've been hearing like on TV for my whole life. Wait, you, like, no, thank you. Oh, very nice. Have a nice day. Bye. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, first of all, that was brilliant because you just identifying the feelings of what, what light, what benevolent light actually feels like versus malevolent light is already because we actually do know but i think we needed that reminder i know for me um when i am vetting some of that stickier stuff like that two truths and a lie where mm -hmm. a lot of it sounds true so then there's that other part of us right that's like but it's not adding up and we don't know why so we go to well something's wrong with me i'm not a, as awake as these other people right or you know, whatever the stories are, we tell ourselves because enough of it feels true because we do know what truth feels like. It has a frequency that's identifiable. Yes. Then we just assume everything we're hearing from that messenger, for example, is true or that it's true for us. But when it's purposely misleading, it's, that's the kind of um, two truths and a lie I'm talking about. I'm not talking right. about people that are well-intended and you just don't entirely resonate with them. But when it's two truths and a lie, I've learned that it just feels hollow. It simultaneously feels like I'm hearing some truth, but this also feels hollow. And if it was a true, like the truest truth of all truths, it mm -hmm. would, it would feel completely solid in my body. Right. So I'm just sharing with all of you in case, you know, you're, you're like a sentient kind of receiver, then, um, you know, that might, might speak to you as well. But I love that you share that. Cause even for me, I'm like, yes, of course. Of course, anything that doesn't feel good in my body, that doesn't put a smile on my face yes. or allows me to feel warm and fuzzy is not the entire freaking truth. Yes. And we want to, because now we have so many ways of communicating, you know, so many different people can have access to you and everything else. I really feel if you're not being honored in a conversation, just stop the conversation. And I've had those conversations where I'm in it and somebody all of a sudden we're talking and I feel like I'm having a good time. And then they're starting to tell me about myself, which I didn't ask you to do that. And then they're making assumptions. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't want to play here. This is like, I don't need you. Didn't ask you. You have a judgment. And now you're telling me who I am. And, you know, I mean, you, you can't tell me who I am. You can tell me what you see, but you can't tell me who I am. 
And it's like, oh, wait, stop. And, and you, everybody who's listening, have the word stop in your head. Right? It's like, sometimes it takes us a long time to hang up the phone. But if you say stop, you're really saying it to you. Stop paying attention to that person who isn't honoring you. Because the divine in her wisdom, in its wisdom, in our wisdom, honors us with wisdom, with presence, mm. with delight, with openness, with connection. We are being honored and we are honoring. And anything that isn't that, if they're naive, you can get it because they don't know what they're talking about. If they're not, then you know that they're dishonoring you by what they're saying. You don't play there. You need to put that on a t-shirt. I don't play there. <laughs> really? Or come and play with me over here. Exactly. Get the whole mug, the travel bag, the hat. I like that. Yes. We're going to create all the merch. All right. Okay. So let, let's talk about your newest book because you downloaded it specifically for this time. Yeah. And uh, even when you were describing it to me, when I interviewed you on the Golden Age Summit, I was like, I need this book. So can we talk a little bit about the intention behind the book and some of the wisdom people can expect yes. to get from it, plus where they can actually get the book? Okay, so here it is, Streams of Consciousness. And you can get it on Amazon and there's other, you know, all the other outlets as well. Now, I downloaded this book a while ago because, again, I get these downloads because I ask questions. That's kind of me asking the universe, okay, well, how, why are we the way we are? Which obviously is a really crazy broad question to ask. <laughs> it's no, why are we doing this? It's like, why? What is going on on this world? And when I asked those questions, I was told that there were frequencies of the masters of the universe, if you want to call it like that, who created beautiful frequencies for our world because humans, were connecting with the divine and getting so blasted out of their being that they didn't have their well-being there. So there were ways to connect with the universe where you really get that download like we were talking about with the Akashic Records. And, and they would follow that and like, boom, like all, no conscious, got a body, don't know what to do with it. I'm just going to lie here until forever. And then there were other people on the planet who couldn't connect at all and they were lost as well. So these amazing beings created 12 different streams of energy for our planet to help us resonate with that energy that we chose and then connect directly to the divine from those frequencies. And when I was being told this and having my, cause I'm consciously channeling, meaning I'm having conversations. You know, I listen to it and then I ask questions and um, I started to look at it and realize, well, these streams of energy, they actually, in a way, differentiate us too. Like if you're resonating with a particular stream, you're going to see the world a certain way. And then when you're resonating with another stream, you're going to see the world from that. Now, all of the streams together, all of them are gorgeous. There isn't anything bad about any of them. 
And it also allowed me to understand people individually and humanity as a whole in such a completely different way that it was um, exciting and moving. And also I recognized like, oh, people don't really know about this at all because in a way, like if you don't ask the questions, like, you know, Jennifer, if you don't ask the questions, you don't get the answers. So it's like, well, why would they ask a question like this? Because the old stories tell you how you got here. And it's like, no, 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 that's not what I mean. I don't mean why our particles are here. I mean, how are we looking at the world? How did we get to look at the world in a different way? It can't be location. There's no way that just because I'm from a mountain and you're from the ocean, we think differently. And so it was just, I started writing and I, and I was really, I thought the universe was really brilliant. I was really glad I got to write it, but I was also, this is brilliant. Because you can be fully expressed and fully in line with the divine at exactly the same time. Mm-hmm. I can see that. And even one of the awarenesses I had when you shared it with me is that like, I I wouldn't have known it until I spoke with you, but I realized I really vibrate with the consciousness of truth. That's my stream of consciousness. That's probably my primary one. Yeah. And then, uh, and so because I, you know, in my truth clear on what's going on on the planet right now, Mm -hmm. I'm not participating in a lot of the shenanigans because they really bump up against my truth. Yeah. And So someone who's aligning with the compassion stream of consciousness, for example, even though they might know that there's a lot going on in the world, that's a load of poo, Mm -hmm. they're still like, just wear a mask. It's going to, you know, be compassionate for the other people that don't understand and don't have the consciousness. Now, from my perspective, I'm like, hells no, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not participating in this nonsense. I'm not participating in satanic ritual. Now I can look at that compassionate uh energy and understand why they're doing it right Mm -hmm. or have have um you know be able to observe it and and tune in and have empathy for it and i can also then have compassion for them and i feel like for the people that are in the compassion stream some of them are able to look at someone like me and understand why I'm making the choices that I'm making. And others think that I and people like me are a narcissistic sociopath, for example. Right? Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, because it, it's, it's very interesting because we can look at it in both ways and it goes back to that rigid that when we were talking earlier about that, like people were so rigid in their judgment of you that it's narrowing the energy in each of the streams, it is an expansive energy. When you resonate with truth, the truth of the universe is amazing. All, I mean, the truth of not just who we are, what spirit is, how planets are, what is the connection between like we would call gravity and space and all those, they're all truths. Mm-hmm. They're all truths. It's bigger than yes or no. And then If you can't embrace that, then you're back into, because somebody can say, well, you know, it's a lie, I don't speak to lies, I'm out. So now truth becomes judgmental. That's different. That's not resonating with the energy. Somebody knowing, being like yourself, resonating with the truth, you can look at the person in the stream of compassion and go, okay, I get where you're at. You don't have to look at it like, 
oh, you're such a wimp. You just cry about everybody's problems. And it's like, because that's judgment. Noticing mm -hmm. it is like, oh, yeah. You know, we also need people who really care. And they care about caring and that human connection. And somebody from the stream of compassion can look and go, we really need people who hold truth, who don't let all this other crap come on top of truth. We need that. And all of a sudden, each energy starts to recognize and acknowledge how brilliant it is. When you look at the stream of honor and you recognize people are in that stream honoring people's lives and their work and their gifts. And they really resonate with that acknowledgement, with that appreciation. That's huge. It's like you don't want to be in the place where, well, you're not honoring me, so... You know, that's not what it's about. And we get to learn from each experience and resonate with the one that we love the best or several that we love the best. Don't have to just pick one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the beauty of it, right? Is really pulling it all together and realizing that the planet doesn't look the way it is without all of these 12 streams. Yes. And that if we're going to evolve, we need all these 12 streams to be working in favor of humanity. Yes. And it helps us understand. So if you, um, if you connect with the stream of neutrality, you feel everything is equal. It doesn't mean that you don't feel anything. It means that you can look at all the different things around you and go, well, that's just as important as this is. Your feelings are just as important as his feelings. Your this is just as important as this. So they're not making determinations based on that. What an amazing gift for us to be able to have that perspective. Oh, what an amazing gift to be able to really appreciate truth. Not truth as a weapon or, or truth as a manipulation or truth as less than something else, because it isn't. Or universality, where you look at everything that it really is connected. Each has a piece and they're all connected and they're all important and they all feed each other. Brilliant. What a wonderful perspective to look at the world from. And it gets each stream, even though we do have streams we love the best, right? Just because it's not a judgment mm -hmm. that your stream is better than someone else's. It's that you love that one. I love chocolate. I know there's people out there <laughs> that don't. I love chocolate. I'm going to pick it. I'm totally going to pick it, right? <laughs> but that doesn't mean I look at strawberry as less than chocolate. Just mean, yeah, I'd rather have chocolate. You know, and so when we look from those, imagine the gifts that we can all receive from that and really appreciating and respecting all those different things that com comprise us all. I, I was just so honored to bring it forward. It was like, yes, we need this because we keep on trying to, we as humanity, not we as light workers keep on trying to pigeonhole everybody make it narrow this is it okay check next it's not how the universe works it's not mm -hmm. you know it's not like you're of this 
there is no one word to describe you. And you'd probably change the spelling of it anyway. <laughs> so really, I mean, if I'm hearing you correctly, even using that chocolate and strawberry analogy is that it's all about preferences. We're just going to resonate with certain preferences more than others, but we don't, we're not making any of these streams of consciousness wrong. It's just that we're going to have some that are more resonant or more preferred for how we move through the world. Yes. And isn't that wonderful? Mm -hmm. Because um, if we can embrace that, or maybe when we can embrace that, right? Then anybody's celebration is perfect for them. And that doesn't mean I have to participate, but I can appreciate it. But you see, the streams are not in competition with each other. They're not saying I'm the best stream, you're not as good as I am because I have more people following me. Just, there isn't anything there. It is a direct connection with the divine by resonating in a certain way that you love to resonate. Well, I mean, isn't that what we want, right? I love this. I'm really happy there. Boom, I'm connected. Yay. Mm. You know, and we can appreciate the differences without competition, judgment, fear, control, all those things. They have nothing to do with the streams of energy and the divine that is here. Those are all stories mm. to, to make us do stuff. I feel you on that. One of the things you and I talked about before we started recording was that we'd also talk a little bit about some of the energies that you're seeing on the planet right now, meaning, you know, in this year, based on some of the energies that are present, <clears throat> how can we as light workers best navigate that? Like, what can we start to brace for? How can we amplify things or you know, let things go? Like, what are the things we need to not focus our energy on? What are the things we need to focus our energy on? And then how can we help lead other people through this? Okay. Well, the easiest way of leading, and I like to start with easy first, because I, we want to get control of things. If I'm going to run a ma marathon, I can't run 20 miles the first day. I have to move into it. So wherever you are in it, the people that you can celebrate. So I'm gonna not use the word teach at the moment, right? That you can celebrate, that you can gift. There's a lot of people that you don't even know you're sharing brilliant light with. Like I love to go to the supermarket and beam light and joy. Like I just, you know, I mean, now we don't go to the supermarket the same way we used to, but like I walk around and I send light to people and like I've actually made little kids in, in the, the carts start laughing when they look at me and the mother's going, what? But I sent them laughter, right? So that's yeah. one way we can just do it really easily. And if everybody went out and did that, you would change the world like that. And, and it's not anything about belief. It's sending love, joy, and laughter. Okay, I'm in. So that's just one thing to make it really easy and open the space for us. We know that there are beings and people who are trying to muck up this planet so they can control it. And just in case you don't know, when they're done mucking it up, they're gonna leave her. And they're gonna leave her in a crappy condition. And that's not why we're here. If you are on this planet as a light worker, she invited you. 
And that's just the truth. So you also want to recognize and honor this gorgeous divine being who is feeding us beyond in, in beauty, in her grace, in the air we breathe, in everything that's here. We wouldn't be able to be here without her. And look how generous she is. So honoring that you were invited here. So how do you play when you're invited to a good party? Right? <laughs> you send thank yous. You're very welcoming. You make sure that like if somebody spills something on the buffet, you clean it up. Right? <laughs> and I'm using these analogies so we can laugh and have joy in it because we know that there's crap here that is beyond insidious. And if we don't get hooked into that dimension of dementia, <laughs> then we can start sharing light with each other in all different ways. So yes, I am doing sessions and coaching and, and classes and writing and meditations and all of those things so that people can access it. And we're having brilliant light-filled conversations, you and I right now. And everybody who's listening, if you took a deep breath and you said, you know, divine ones, we love you. Thank you for the gifts you've given us. You just changed the world. Because not many people say thank you to the divine ones every single day. Right? They, they deserve thanks. You know, and we do thank them. We just don't always acknowledge it. With individual people, we have to be in a space of listening but not necessarily absorbing. So when some, something is going on with someone, you don't want to absorb all their pain and the frustration and the crazy people that are around them. You want to be a space for them to be clear for themselves. And then the brilliance and guidance you have, because you're brilliant, you can share that as you feel it will work for them. In our world, just send joy out. Really, it's, it's, I mean, this is our planet. She is so brilliant. Do you know how many roses she blooms every year and none of them are the same? And none of them smell the same. They each have a slightly different fragrance and different colors and they have different petals on them. And look what she does. We can play like that. We can bring those higher frequencies in, in the ways that are right for us. And then grow and expand. And the people who are, we can, you know, kind of like bad movie, call them culprits. <laughs> right? <laughs> then we can just look and know who they are. But it's not about counteracting what they're doing. It is sending the vibrations that really want to be here. Mm. Then, we like yeah. then we don't yeah. feel like we're in a battle, everyone. Yeah. Then we don't feel like we're in a battle, even let's... if it, if they're trying to make us feel like we're in one. That's such a writer downer, everyone, too, because I think that's what a lot of us are trying to do is counter the energy when, in fact, we can just elevate above it and channel the energies we were invited in to share in the first place. Yeah. And, you know, if, if we're looking at it like it's a cosmic party that we were all invited to, and um, whether we think that the culprits are interlopers or not, or whether they're part of it to, to perform contrast, I'm, I'm not, I don't care. 
actually. They actually don't care why they're here. And now that's me, right? I want us to have the party. So I want to send out more invitations. Please RSVP and say, I love you, goddess. I love you, planet. I love you, the divine. I'm here to play. And of course, for me, I'm bringing chocolate. Look what we can do from that place. Because even like, Jennifer, you bring in high, amazing, truthful frequencies to the planet. It's where you're playing. That is such a gift to everybody, right? So you're invited to this party to bring that forward. And the people who are ready or think they're ready and open, we want them to play. When I'm bringing in the frequencies of creation and connecting with the Akashic records and the streams of consciousness, I want people to play there because it lifts them up. Mm -hmm. After a while, grumpy people, if they're around people who are too filled with joy, either they leave or they start to get happy. We can all do that. Mm -hmm. What do you think? That's amazing. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's a lot easier, isn't it? The way you describe it. If all we have to do every day, regardless of what, because I'm with you, part of me wants to get to the bottom of, you know, the Barbara Walters in me wants to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Understand. who's the ultimate culprit? What's your agenda? And, you know, I'm coming for you. That's my justice vibe. You know, mm -hmm. I have a strong justice vibe. Right. And then there's another part of me that's like, do I really care? Because even, even when the light, you know, is kind of in charge, so to speak, even when we are the ones that are kind of in the position, you know, we're the ones guiding the infrastructures or whatever the new infrastructures are going to look like, there will still be the contrast, I believe, on the planet. And we, you know, and I interviewed a woman named Kimberly Firewalker, and, and she's been on this podcast. And she says, you know, we also have to be grateful for the ways the matrix has served us. And that really hit me between the eyes because it has. Now, granted, we didn't know any other system. We only knew the system we were born into, but still we found a way to make it work for us. And so even in this circumstance, we'll find a way through where, you know, where her blueprint is meant to take her anyways, right? The, the blueprint yeah. of the planet and what her destiny is, so to speak, we will we will be harmonizing with her consciousness, I guess you could say, and figuring out how to be good stewards of her and how to be good stewards of the frequencies we're meant to channel and just show yes. up every day and channel. Well, and the energy on our planet, yeah, the thing that is, that is important for us is, and we'll just say the light workers and those who are moving into it, right? Um, we came here because of our gifts. We came here because of our generosity and our connection with spirit and our connection with the planet. That's why we're here. And so we got an invitation and we said, yes. The, um, there's one part of us that is intensity. And, and I also get that. I always like to infuse the joy in it because it is the quickest tool to use to break apart the other energy. So, if, it's, if that energy is coming at me, I'm going to make myself laugh. 
I'm going to do something joyful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make up a story. I'm going to sing a silly song. Well, whatever it takes for me. Right. Because joy bursts things open. That's why you laugh. It's like, ha, right. It bursts the energy apart. So we want to be able to in the times that look really difficult and the times where there's so much negativity that we want to either heal or release or change all the different ways that you do that and changing the consciousness of how people judge as opposed to accept and appreciate. Then if you go into joy, it's fast. And like, I like fast. I will go into, you know, years of writing something because I like that as well. But when I want to break up energy, fast is good. Sing a song. You know, do something really silly. Like, look at yourself in the mirror and go, hi. (laughs) It's going to make you laugh when you do that. You know, and the energy shifts. And, you know, I tell myself, I know this is like a little more out there, but I tell myself the, the people on our planet who are really trying to do so much harm, we will create a rehab planet for them. So they will just beam to the rehab planet. They will get spiritual counseling. They will. <laughs> and then when I see Feel people. Feel atone for their sins. <laughs> yeah. And then when I see people who are doing that, then I think in my head, yes, one of these days you'll be on the rehab planet. You'll be well taken care of. Your anger and deviousness will be gone. And it makes me laugh. Because the highest frequencies really want to be here. When we're talking about fifth dimension and beyond, those dimensions are already here. It's just that in the moment, we're not able to hold them as well as we would like to. And the love and the joy and the appreciation and the beautiful work that you do to educate people about these things, it changes the frequencies of our world. So we want to focus on that, on that brilliance. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could be delivering the truths the way that I do, because I do, it, it can be, you know, I mean, as you know, the, the truths out there around some of the stuff that's happening is, it's not, it's not the most light way. Let's put it that way. Right. It doesn't always feel light. And and like you, I do do goofy things all day long. I think intuitively my body just knows and my spirit just knows to like do a silly dance or whatever to break it up. Yeah. But I'm wondering if maybe you can do interpretive dance for my messages or <laughs> sing a song or we can do like pantomimes <laughs> and that then it'll feel blast. fun. <laughs> that would be fun. Since you're you're alluding to the fact that we're on the party planet. I definitely feel like the person at the party that's like, okay, everyone, the party's over. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, cause it's, it's not always fun to deliver some of the stuff I've had to share. And yet I know that I'm being called to do that just as I know you're being called to share truth in the way that you do. Cause I know you're, you're all about sharing the same truths that, you know, cause you and yes. I have spoken privately. So we know we're on the same page you have your own unique way of bringing it forward. So I'm wondering if we should like create a show and take <laughs> it on the road. <laughs> <laughs> like that. 
<laughs> Instead of truth or dare, it could be truth and share. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's funny. Okay, that was good. Oh my goodness. I could talk to you forever. We, uh, for everyone listening, I'm sure you get that Lumari and I have a good time together and, yes. uh, and I'd love to have you back on, but because I imagine you've touched a lot of people who are listening right now and they're going to want to stay in touch with you. Can you share a little bit more about the free gift that I know you have for everyone? And then of course, how they can buy your book and stay in touch with you. Well, yes. And, and thank you. And I have several free gifts on my website. So first gift is, and you can find the link on lumari.com right at the beginning of the website. It is a sacred space meditation. So I call it personal sacred space. So with everything that we've been talking about today, almost everybody around is absorbing, right? Because like some, some negative information surprises you or someone's overwhelming emotions are kind of icky around you, but you care about them or you get caught off track. So starting the day in your personal sacred space, which means you know you, but you're not absorbing anything else, which allows you to connect. That is a beautiful, quick meditation to get you really centered and whole and present at any time in your day and your life. And that is one beautiful um, meditation that you can have. When you buy the Streams of Consciousness book, go back to the website on the Streams of Consciousness page. I have three free gifts, including a journal that you can actually write about how you feel in each different stream. So that's an amazing gift as well, where you can actually start to track it. It's in a PDF, so you can, you know, copy it and double it and write on different pages and you don't have to. The one thing that's really cool about the book is you, as long as you read the first four chapters, then you can pick any other chapter you want to read and do it intuitively. Cause I wanted to, I, I'm, I love to read. So I usually read from beginning to the end all the way through, but I know other people like to like, Oh, I really want to read that chapter, but I have to go like, you don't. <laughs> So you can be totally liberated to go, you know what? I want to read the end. You know, it's like, it's, it's sacrilegious to read the end of the book before you finish it. Right. Yeah. You can do that in this book. You can read the end. It's okay. Wow. So, so that actually, people would have, yes. I wanted people to have a creative flow in connecting with the streams of consciousness. And so you can actually like do that in the book. And I, and I even say that in the book that you can do that in the book. And then you have the journal and the meditations that come along with it, which now you can start to really listen and grow and expand. So when you get the book streams of consciousness, you can also get all of these free gifts. And then mm. when you are in, when you get your free gift of the sacred space, personal sacred space meditation, email me for the next gift. So you'll be on my email oh. list because you'll have it and you can email me for the next gift and I'll surprise you. I love that. And I'm just thinking even with your book, when you say that, because uh, so many of us, you know, most of us have gone to the, uh, the September to June indoctrination camp, right? Most of us went to this yes. camp for many years where you had to climb the monkey bars a certain way. You had to read a book from beginning to end. There were all kinds of rules. And if you deviated from that, if you drew outside the lines, 
So I'm going to even extend, and I'm going to go back and read it differently now, because I'm going to extend to all of us that if it's our pattern to read a book from beginning to end, knowing that Lumari's now said that with this book, you actually don't, what would be possible for us if we broke up our neural pathways, right? Or we shifted our neural pathways. I'm trying to say by starting the book in the middle or starting the book at the end, just to have a pattern interrupt and how might that invite in the information from the book differently by doing that, but also just in general, the day-to-day stuff by starting to break the, or have these pattern interrupts. Yes. Cause that's a massive permission slip. Like I'm realizing that I read, I, I can't even think of any books that I've read at anywhere. Like I I've always started and gone through. Yes. Right. Me too. In the way that we've been taught. Yeah. And it's like, and I'm very, very specific and, oh my God, if I skipped ahead too much, I go back to that. Oh, right. This is where I left off. And with this book, as I was writing, it's like, well, you know what? I'm writing about the streams. What if somebody did like, I don't know. Oh, the stream of truth. Okay. I want to read about that one. Because I skipped them. Read about it. You know, I was starting to laugh. I'm like, oh my goodness. It's like, you can go into the book anywhere that you're called to open the pages and get that information. And we don't usually have that permission or invitation to do that. Mm -hmm. So I I think it will break apart a lot of things. Totally. Well, Lumara, you know, I adore you and I'm so grateful that you joined us today to share your wisdom. Thanks to all of you for being here as well and sharing your space with us. We'll see you again next time and send you off with lots of good juju. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you learned today, I would love for you to share with your friends by leaving a review so that more people can learn of the show and be impacted by the information we're sharing here. If you aren't already following me on social media, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Jennifer Longmore. And I'd also love for you to visit my website, www.souljourneys.ca and claim your free soul acceleration system while you're there. You'll become a VIP recipient of my ever popular daily messages from the Akasha delivered to your inbox each day. With love and namaste.